chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. And a couple weeks ago we discussed, we talked about the sins of the tongue, the root cause of our evil tongue. And it was mentioned in there too. I, you know, I tried to explain how the reason people talk bad and the reason people, you know, the tongue cannot be controlled, but, and the reason evil comes from people's tongue is because of evil in their heart. And I found another great verse when I was studying for this that I wish I'd have had for that message because, I mean, it just, it lays it out, and, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But Matthew chapter 12, verse 22, I want to read this story to you. And today I want to talk about how to handle being the subject of gossip. Alright? Because. That's the part. That's this is why we hate gossips, okay? Because the truth is, our flesh. Let's just be honest. We like hearing gossip about other people, okay? It's just a part of the flesh. It's human nature. We like hearing gossip about other people, but boy, do we hate it when we hear somebody's been gossiping about us. And there's a couple villains, you know, a few villains, and whenever. Gossip gets going through a church. There's more than two villains, okay? Obviously, we know the gossip is a villain. We know the person listening to the gossip is a villain. But sometimes, I believe the worst villain of them all is the one being gossiped about. That literally makes it the worst is the one being gossiped about. And I want to show you some things uh, that I hope will illustrate. They're not always. Sometimes they're completely innocent and they do everything right. But whenever problems arise and churches split and all those things as a result of gossip going on in the church, sometimes the worst person was the one being gossiped about. And they're the ones that do the most damage, too. And so let's go ahead and start in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 22 because we're going to talk about how to handle being the subject of gossip. And if you don't handle it the way you're supposed to, then you will do that damage. Because I'm just going to tell you, eventually you're probably going to get gossiped about at some point. It's probably going to happen, especially if you do something for God. I mean, do you really think Satan's just going to let you do something for God and not get one of his millions of minions and disciples to come along and badmouth you? If, especially if that's all it will take to get you to quit. He will get somebody to say something and you've got to make sure you know how to handle it because he uses it all the time. But Matthew chapter 12, verse 22 says, Then was brought unto him one possessed with the devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. Okay, that part right there, that's not a quote from Abraham Lincoln. That was a quote from Jesus Christ that uh, Abraham Lincoln uh, quoted quite a bit. They try to say, if you go to the Lincoln Museum, they always bring up that statement and they talk about how he got it from some book. That There's some book that has that statement in it. And it wasn't that book. He got it from the Bible. But I guess they're not allowed to bring that up. But And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. 
Or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then will he spoil his house? He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Wherefore I say unto you, All manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And I read all this stuff before this verse to show you, I believe, what Jesus is talking about here when He talks about the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. He says the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost does not get forgiven. Blasphemy against God, He will forgive. Blasphemy against Christ, He will forgive. But blasphemy against the Holy Ghost, He will not forgive that. And that's some pretty strong language right there that he just said. So, And then verse 32, um, And whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers! How can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. I wish I'd used that verse two weeks ago. That's a great verse. It's the things that come out of people's mouth is what is in their heart. And that's why you cannot control your tongue. You can only clean up your heart if you're going to say the right things. If you got evil in your heart, you're going to speak evil. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Alright, so we read a long passage of scripture here, but I believe this blasphemy of the Holy Ghost here, and I believe the sin that he's talking about is where they were basically ascribing to Satan the works that he did. Jesus is casting out devils. He's doing it by the power of God, by the power of the Holy Ghost. And they were saying that the work he did was the work of the devil. He was doing that by Beelzebub. And after they've accused him of doing that, he goes into this sin of blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. He talks about it. And basically what I believe, so you know, how do we you know, blaspheme the Holy Ghost? And I don't know, I don't believe it's possible for a Christian to blaspheme the Holy Ghost, but I guess if and we're getting into a territory where it's kind of my opinion, all right? I'm just going to let you know that there, but I believe when it's talking about blasphemy of the Holy Ghost, it's when you know for a fact Okay, when you know something is true and you just and you flat out lie about it. Okay? Here Jesus is doing this miracle. It was very obvious this is not the work of the devil. This is the work of God, and yet they were accrediting the work that was done to the devil. And he goes and he talks about how you can blaspheming God and the Son can be forgiven, but not the Holy Ghost. Why is that? Okay, and I believe the reason God forgives blasphemy against the Father and the Son is because here's the thing. No man has seen God at any time, have they? We haven't seen God. We haven't seen Jesus Christ. We have not seen Him in the flesh. We hear people blaspheme His name all the time. But the truth is, people who blaspheme the name of God 
don't know who He is. They don't understand who He is. The Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, uh, Lord to the glory of God the Father. When they finally see Christ on Judgment Day, they will not blaspheme Him. They will bow the knee before Him. By then it will be too late for them. But I believe if people today, when you hear people just using God's name in a wicked way, using Jesus' name in an evil way, they're doing it because they don't understand who He is. They are ignorant. They have no knowledge of who they're talking about. Many of these people think God doesn't exist. Okay, Obviously, they're fools. But if they understood, if they knew the truth, they would not do that. And because it's done in ignorance, like the Apostle Paul, remember how he talked about the things that he did? He did it ignorantly and unbelief. And so God forgave him. But when people know the truth and they willfully sin and go against what God says, I believe that's when they end up blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And you can say that too, that basically when people uh, who die and go to hell, at some point they have rejected the Holy Spirit, they have chosen not to believe. You know, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. He that believeth not is condemned already. And someone who the Holy Spirit has spoken to and showed them something and they just reject it, you can maybe say that's blaspheming the Holy Ghost right there. And those people are going to die and go to hell, aren't they? They're not. And, so, and we're not talking so much about the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost tonight. But what I want you to notice, though, is that when Jesus gives this story or gives teaches them about blaspheming the Holy Ghost, he talks about how blasphemy against the Father and Son will be forgiven. And why is that forgivable? Blasphemy against the Holy Ghost unforgivable. Okay, and I, I believe because when people blaspheme the Holy Ghost, simply put. It's because they have knowledge of what they're doing and they are willfully going against God, you know, saying that what He does is of the devil. I believe that that's crossing the line right there. But other people who just are using God's name in a blasphemous way, they are ignorant. They don't know what they're doing. And even though He's God, even though Jesus is the Christ, even though He died for these people's sins, when people say things ignorantly because they just don't know what they're talking about or they don't have knowledge, He goes ahead and forgives them. He doesn't hold it against them. And the truth is, people often speak of others in an unjust way. In verse 32, He said, Whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. Okay? People... They spoke about Jesus Christ unjustly. They said things about Him that He didn't deserve. And you know what? If they did it to Him, they will do it to us too. People are going to speak about us in an unjust way, in an unfair way. People are going to say things ignorantly. Maybe they will accuse you of something. And they might believe it. Some of the things that people say about Christ and about God, they believe those things, don't they? But are they right? No, they're dead wrong. And if God can forgive people for just being ignorant of them, why can't we do the same thing? I mean, is it a bigger insult for someone to speak untruthfully about us than to speak untruthfully about Jesus Christ? I mean, is it, is it more unjust for someone to accuse us who are sinners of sin than it is to accuse Him who knew no sin of sin? 
I mean, really, if Jesus was able to, is that forgiving to people who blaspheme Him and speak unjustly towards Him, it ought to be much easier for us. And boy, we do, we just flip whenever people speak unjustly. I remember when I was at, when I was at Camp Joy helping out there, there was, uh, one of the counselors found a boy from another cabin who is pretty troublesome character. He found him in our cabin going through people's stuff. And he came and brought him to me, and I went over and I was like, it's like, what were you doing in there? And he's like, he, he, he started getting all defensive, and I just said, you know, and then I don't remember what I said exactly, but, you know, I basically uh, was asking if he was in there stealing something. And, oh, I didn't steal nothing. You know, he just flips out. He's just going nuts. I didn't steal anything. And I said, well, here's the thing. If we go in there and anything comes up missing, guess who we're probably going to accuse of stealing? The person who was not supposed to be in there going through other people's stuff. And boy, he just, I mean, he couldn't handle that we even, and maybe he was just in there to mess something up. Maybe he was just in there to look at something. But just because we didn't ask the question exactly right, he just threw a fit. And teenagers, boy, when I was a youth director, teenagers did that all the time, and it drove me nuts. They would be doing something they weren't supposed to do, and you would go and question them, hey, did you do this? And if you didn't phrase your question exactly right, they would just throw a fit. How dare you accuse me of doing that? You know, I remember one time we had an incident where somebody was throwing, they threw some change out a window in the bus, and they hit a car. And that car saw our church bus, saw the phone number on it, called the church, somebody was throwing stuff out of the bus and hit my car. And that stupid group of teenagers, okay, my dad called my dad called me up, hey, somebody's throwing stuff out of the bus. I asked, is somebody throwing junk out of the bus? No. Oh, well, some guy just called because somebody's throwing, after this was all done, they weren't throwing junk out the window. They were throwing money out the window. But because I didn't ask money, they felt like it was totally appropriate for them to just lie through their teeth. Boy, I was so mad. That was one of the most mad I ever got at them. Not just because they were just being ding-dongs and throwing stuff out the window, but because they just were flat out lying because I didn't phrase the question exactly right. I'm getting fired up just thinking about it now. I mean, it was just ridiculous. How dare you falsely accuse me? And boy, that's how we are, aren't we? I mean, we, we go and we find out somebody said something about us that was just slightly off and we throw a fit. And that happens. Listen, people are going to talk. Did you notice after we read all that, Jesus talked about every idle word we're going to give an account of in the Day of Judgment? And did you realize that many people, and it's not right for people to speak idle words, but do you realize that most people, when they're talking, and even when they're talking about you, it's, it's not malicious. They are not sitting around plotting, all right, how can we destroy this person? How can we bring them down? How can we break them emotionally and just make them want to commit suicide? Nobody's doing that. People just they sit around and they just talk. And whatever pops in their head, it comes out their mouth. Now, they shouldn't do that. People should be careful. But do you understand? It's not, it's not always well thought out. And some of the things they will say might not be exactly right. And one of the things that happens sometimes with gossip, and I've seen this happen so many times, somebody finds out somebody was talking about them. 
and they said something in there that was just slightly off, and they throw a fit. They will go to the pastor in the church. Pastor so-and-so was gossiping about me. And I heard that message that you preached on gossip. I heard you talk about how wicked people like that are. Why aren't we kicking those people out of the church? We should be kicking those people out of the church. Why? Because they gossiped about me. What did they say about me? They said my blue dress I wore last week was ugly. And that's a lie. It was black. You know? <laughs> I mean, that ridiculous. People will just go nuts because somebody dared to speak a word against them. And I'm telling you right now, when problems start happening in churches because of that, it, wasn't, it was not always because of malicious gossip. It was because some people were speaking idle words and then some individual that was full of pride went nuts because somebody dared to speak a word against them. Somebody dared cast me in a negative light. How dare anybody even think negatively of me? Why is that such a shock? Are you perfect? Are you without sin? Because Jesus Christ was perfect, did nothing but good, and people said bad things about Him. And you really think you're going to go through life and no one's ever going to say anything to you. No one's ever going to say anything false. Nobody's ever going to say anything negative. Jesus could forgive it. We ought to easily be able to forgive it. But boy, people get so stuck on themselves. And I'm telling you, Sometimes they are the greatest villain whenever there's gossip problems in the church. A lot of times whenever too, there's a bad spirit in churches because of gossip, a lot of times it's because that person that feels like the victim, they feel like they've got to go tell everybody about how you know, big of a gossip that person is. You know, they, it, they, just, they go nuts, and it's a pride problem. You see, people, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but people, they speak what's in their heart. Have you ever heard people say, I speak my mind? No, no, you don't. You speak your heart. Okay? And if you got negative stuff coming out of your heart, out of your mouth, it's because there's something wrong with your heart. Okay? Old generation of vipers. Okay? Why would the Pharisees say stuff like that about Jesus? Because they were wicked. They had wicked hearts, and Jesus called them vipers. That wasn't real nice, was it? O ye generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Just what was in their heart was coming out. What was in their heart was coming out. They didn't like Jesus. Jesus was a threat to them. Jesus was a threat to take away their following. And because they hated Him, only negative was going to come out of their mouth. And the reason many people just sit around and they bash people is because they've got an evil, evil heart. They've got a wicked heart. And so bad things are going to come out. Idle words are going to come out. They're going to be negative. They're going to be against people. And listen, do you all see what in verse 36, "...but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment." If God said, I'm going to take care of it on Judgment Day, they are going to give an account. Why do we feel the need to go around and make sure we make everybody pay for their idle words? And I'm telling you, that's when it gets bad in churches when somebody feels like they got gossiped about. They do. They want the pastor to just go and bring those people before the church. Alright, we're going to bring Brother Lonnie before the church today. He's... Worthy to be thrown out by the Word of God. He's been causing division in the church. He's been telling everybody, Brother John drinks gutter water. You know, and you know, you shouldn't say something like that. Okay? People are going to think he's gross if he does that. 
But I'm telling you right now, it's not worth getting kicked out of the church for. Maybe he was joking. You know, maybe he was just messing around and having fun. You know, you know, your grandma wears combat boots or something like that. You know, it was just he was playing around. But you know, John heard it, and John takes it personal. He gets all sensitive. How could anyone think negatively of me? And wants to basically punish Brother Lonnie for what he said. And I'm telling you right now, that's not what it's all about. If we really believe the Bible, we ought to be able to say, you know what? Alright, yeah, they didn't get the story exactly right. but God's going to deal with it one of these days, but yet we want to deal with it, don't we? I mean, I've heard people before, you know, when I, I remember when I was at Lighthouse, I remember one guy saying, you know, I, I think Pastor needs to preach more on gossip. And people did. Some of these people, I knew one in particular, man, he just, he just, he wanted everything to be about gossip. If he ever prayed in church, he was always praying, you know, Lord, just please keep the gossip out of the church. I mean, every time he got called on to pray, he would say something about gossip in the church. And it's like, you know, I haven't heard anybody say anything about you in years. But you know what? He was still dwelling on one time five years ago when somebody said something negative about him. And the problem is he relived it every day, every hour of his life, and he thought it was still going on. And the truth is, if he'd have went to that person and said, hey, why did you say this about me? They probably wouldn't have even remembered. You know why? Because it was an idle word that was spoken. I mean, who remembers everything they say? I, who, who does? I mean, we've, and listen, I'm not justifying idle words. But who hasn't one time or another, maybe just talking to their wife, talking to somebody, and, and maybe made a negative comment about something somebody wore? Okay? You know, that dress was ugly. Now, you shouldn't say that. But here's the thing you've probably said it before, you've probably thought it before. But when you said their dress was ugly, it just it popped in your head and boom, it was gone. But here's the problem. The person hears, somebody repeats it. Hey, I heard so-and-so say your dress is ugly. Hey, they must hate me. They, they must think all my clothes are ugly. I wonder how many people they've told that my dress was ugly. They've probably been telling everything. And, and they think about it for days and weeks and months and it builds and it builds and it builds. And the person that spoke the idle word, they've forgotten they even said it. And boy, that person that was spoken against, they have already told them off a thousand times in their mind. They thought of a million things they could say about them. They thought about a million things they could do to them. And they have literally have just, their whole week has been destroyed because somebody made a comment about their outfit. You know, what do we teach our kids? Who cares? Get over it. But adults, boy, we struggle with that sometimes. And it's because we have a pride problem, God will deal with every idle word. You know, we should... And so right there, we see in verse 36, every idle word. They'll give an account on the Day of Judgment. We should be able to end the message right here. But we can't because even if we know and understand this passage of Scripture, it's not enough for us to just let God deal with things on Judgment Day. See, we want to deal with it now because the greatest villain in this story is many times the person being gossiped about. So how can we avoid becoming that villain? How should we deal with it when things are said about us? Well, first thing I think you need to do 
is verse 36 when it says, every idle word that men shall speak. One thing that you need to do is just take what's being said for what it really is. Idle words. Think about all the times that you have said negative things about people. So not justifying it, but think about it. Was there any maliciousness in your heart? You know, when you said, boy, her hair was ugly today, did that mean you hated the person? When you said it, how much thinking did you do before you said it? Probably none. How much did you think about it after you said it? Probably almost none. And understand that just like you've done that to other people, or just like people have done that to you, you've probably done the same thing to other people. And it wasn't a big deal when you did it to somebody else. You didn't hate that person. There was no maliciousness. So why don't you just assume that they didn't mean much? Why can't we do that? I mean, are you so arrogant that you think that people literally all week long, every day of the week, sit around hating you? I mean, do you really think you're worth hating that much? That you're worth thinking about for an entire week? But yet, just because somebody said some negative thing you will dwell on that person for a whole week and think that they have that they hate you when they don't hate you. They just said an idle word. Just take it for what it is. It's an idle word. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 13 says, "...and withal they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers also, busybodies, speaking things which they ought not." When people get idle, when they have nothing to do, they are going to get themselves in trouble and they're going to start saying things they shouldn't say. When people have nothing to talk about, unfortunately, they still talk, don't they? And idle things come out of their mouth. And if their heart's not right, some of those things are going to be negative. Some of those things are going to be things they shouldn't be saying about other people. But understand, these things are not malicious. They're not trying to destroy. They are just idle people. And they all they need is just something to do. You know, they just they need they need to get busy. They need to get busy in their own matters, not other men's matters. But most of that talking, most gossip that goes on, it's not as malicious as you think. It's just idle words, and God will deal with them. I mean, truth is, can you imagine if we knew everything negative that's ever been said about us? I mean, you think about your best friends, the people that you love the most. You've probably said negative things about them before, haven't you? I mean, guys, you've probably said a thing or two about your wife before that you'd be in big trouble if if she found out. But it was idle chatter, okay? I mean, you know, it was maybe guys were talking at work and they were all talking about their wives and and you just wanted to be a part of the conversation. You just interjected something to be funny, okay? But let's say, you know, maybe I'm talking, I'm talking with a bunch of preachers and we're talking about our wives or something. And then I bring up that verse, I think it's in Isaiah or Jeremiah. And it's like, well, you know, the verse I gave my wife is that verse that says, Thou art my battle axe or something. You know, I'm just being funny. But then, you know, somebody goes and tells my wife, man, he was calling you a battle axe to other preachers. I told me you were a battle axe. And the way you tell it, it comes off like I was hateful, that I deep down hate my wife. And the truth is, it was an idle word. I didn't have anything to say and I wanted to be part of the conversation. And so I just threw it in there. But now, we've got all kinds of problems. She's looking at me mad now like I really do say that. I've never done that. I I thought of it right there. 
I thought of it a couple times when I was reading that verse. I was like, hey, that's good. But, you know, I'll have to look for an opportunity to use that. Uh, I need to get the reference down. But it's not, it's not a big deal is what I'm trying to say. And most of the time when people talk about you, it is not a big deal. And the problem is we make it a big deal because we're so full of pride. You know, just got to get over it and say, who cares? All right? And so, uh, and then secondly, here's another thing we're supposed to do. If you find now, if you find out somebody's been gossiping about you, what you should do this, this is this is the best way to handle. It, I think just do nothing. Let them get away with it. Don't get even. Let them get away with it. First Corinthians six seven says, "Now therefore there is utterly a fault among you, because ye go to law one with another." Why do ye not rather take wrong? Why do ye not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? It's talking in the church. You know, this is talking about suing other believers, saying you know you're better off just taking the loss. You're better off being defrauded. And you know what? If somebody speaks something against you in the church, while it's going to hurt, while it's not going to feel good, you are going to do so much more damage in the big scheme of things if you go and you try to get even or you try to make it right or you know or get justice done you are going to make things worse why don't you just forget about it and let them get away with it but they told everyone you know, that wasn't true let them get away with it did we not see where god said it will be dealt with in the day of judgment Romans chapter, the truth is, if you can't do that, you just need to admit, listen, I can't let them get away with it. Obviously, if that's how you feel, it's because you don't have faith. Romans chapter 12, verse 17 says, Recompense to no man evil for evil, provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. If we really believed that, we would let it go. I mean, do you really think, okay, how many of you have ever attempted to get even with somebody and you did, but you overdid it? I've done that before. I could tell some stories, but I'm not going to because I'm embarrassed. Because there's been times where I have decided I'm taking care of this situation and I took care of it and I took care of it a little too well. And I ended up becoming the greater transgressor in the situation. And you really and here's the thing, and then I get to deal with the consequences now because I overdid it. I, I didn't balance the scales, I tipped them <laughs> in my direction, where now vengeance is going to be coming towards me from God. I mean, do you, and here's do you really think that you can do a better job getting vengeance on someone than God can? And here's the thing: if God gets vengeance on that person, He's going to do it just. He's going to do it justly. You, he will get vengeance on them, and you don't have to worry about any payback yourself. Uh, one time I was listening to a radio interview with a full-fledged witch, all right, and she was, uh, and the guy was asking her about curses and things. And she was saying when they put curses on people, she said that literally those curses always come back on them. Sometimes 50 times what they did to other people, it comes back on them. But she said, but you know what? 
the more we suffer, the more we know we hurt them, and it makes us feel good. I thought, wow, you know, well, what a nutcase, you know. But at the same time, I believe what she said. You go and you get vengeance on people; it's going to come back, and you over. It's going to come back on you. We are not supposed to do that. The Bible says, "Give place to wrath." In Romans twelve, quote an Old Testament again. Deuteronomy 32.35 To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time. You know why we want to do vengeance? Because we want to see them pay now. I want to see them get their comeuppance now. I'm not waiting until the day of judgment. I want to see it now. They will get it in due time. For the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them make haste. It's coming faster than you think. But we are so angry sometimes. We're so vengeful. It just can't come fast enough for us. And so you know, I'm going to speed things up a little bit. I'm going to help things along. And all we're doing is we're getting ourselves in trouble. I mean, if you really want to get a gossip, if you really want to get back at a gossip, if they say something about you, you just act like Christ, and He will see that. Hey, they're handling it the same way that I handled it. They're following my example. They're having faith in what my word says to do. He will avenge you. And he will do it in good time. And you have no consequences that you have to worry about. And thank God for that. But we've got to have some faith. Let them get away with it. And then finally, if people do say something about you, if you're gossiped about, don't go around trying to prove them wrong. Romans chapter 12, verse 19, you know, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, okay? but rather give place unto wrath. You know, what, what I, I've seen people do this many times. I, I, knew, I knew some folks, they were usually they were pretty big talkers, pretty big gossips, and they couldn't handle it when they got gossiped about. They, just, they could not handle it one bit. And every time they would hear that somebody had spoken something about them that wasn't... Not, you know, wasn't 100% accurate. They would like go around trying to find out who all knew. Hey, I heard this. They, you know, they'd call people up. Hey, this person was saying this about me. Did you hear this? Because that's not true. Oh no, I didn't hear anything about that. Tell me more. You know, and it's like all all this. Some person would say an idle word to one person, and then that person, when they would find out about it, they would go and like tell the whole world what was being said about them. It was like nobody cared. Nobody thought anything of it. But now you went and you've made it worse by going and telling everybody what was being said about you. Now you've got everybody's interest. You know, now you've got those people probably talking about it. And they would make things ten times worse just because they had to protect their reputation. They couldn't let that person get away with it. And I'm telling you right now, don't go around trying to prove people, prove them wrong. You will only incriminate yourself even more. You will make people more likely to believe it. You will make more people find out about it. I mean, literally, if if let's say me and brother John after church, we're just we're having a gossip fest. All right, it's just me and brother John, and we are just running people down. All right, and I I just I'm I'm just running down brother Renee, and I'm saying everything bad about him. There's a there's a good chance that nobody else in the church will find out about it. But let's say, you know, John goes and tells Brother Nate, hey, Pastor Tommy said this about you. What? I wonder who else he's told that to. And he goes and starts questioning everybody in the church. 
And before it's all said and done, everybody's talking about Brother Renee. When because of him. Not because of me. I only told one and it would have stopped there. But now, because he just got his pride hurt, now the whole church knows about this story. And then, and what, do, and the, what people always do when they're doing that, when they go trying to prove that person wrong, part of what you have to do is run that person down. Well, there's running my name through the mud. Well, I've got to make sure their name's even more muddy than mine. And now, not only has he got everybody in the church to know the story about him, he's now run my name through the mud through the whole church. And boy, that's really going to help harmony around here, isn't it? I mean, not only did you just make things worse for yourself, you made things worse for the whole church. Now the whole church thinks, man, Pastor Tommy, if he says that about Brother Renee, what's he saying about me? I mean, he you know, just you, you see what we've created? And maybe we weren't even having a full-fledged gossip fest. Maybe you know, just idle words. Maybe I was having a bad day. And I just felt like saying something mean about somebody. And he was the last person I talked to. You know, because you know, we we hang around each other enough. We're going to aggravate each other at one point or another. We're going to do things that we don't. You know, one of you are going to do something that I don't like. I'm going to do something you don't like. It's it's going to happen, and we've just got to get over it and not make a big deal about it. But you're only going to spread the story even more when you try to prove them wrong. You're probably going to give in to the temptation to return evil for evil. And here's the thing too. If somebody's saying stuff about you, if they're spreading a story about you, here is the truth. People are going to believe what they want to believe. If they already don't like you, hey, that works. That that justifies my feelings towards them. I believe that story. I mean, you know, it's when whenever there's a politician that we don't like a story that comes out about them, boy, we pounce on it, don't we? Oh, I believe that. But when it's one of our people that we like, oh no, there's no way. I'm not going to hold it against them until they prove it. If they can prove it, once all the evidence is out there, you know, then I'll say he needs to be removed from office or whatever. But if it's somebody we don't like, we throw him under the bus right away. You know why? Because we believe what we want to believe. And if they came out in the news and they said, you know, Obama slapped his, you know, mother-in-law. You know, we, yeah, I, I believe he did that. You know, because we want to. <laughs> but if we were our supporters, you know, no, I got to see the evidence. That's probably just a rumor. That's probably a story. People believe what they want to believe, and especially you know if they if they get disgruntled about something, if people get mad, if they want to leave the church, they are going to believe anything they hear about any of you, or especially about me, because it can give them an excuse. Oh man, pastor did that. Oh, I'm not sitting under a preacher like that. I'm out of here. They're not going to check on the story. They are just going to believe what they want to believe. That's unfortunately how people work. And so if people are believing the gossip about you, it's because they want to. And you're not going to be able to vindicate yourself. And so don't even try. You're only going to make it worse. But lastly, just the real reason we're so bothered by what people say about us is because... We have a pride problem. And when you compare the way Jesus responded to false accusations to the way we do, there's a huge difference, isn't there? When the way they Jesus, who never even sinned, responded to the way us, 
who are full of sin. It's just people pick the wrong sin sometimes to say about us just because they pick the wrong sin. You know, that we throw a fit. Why? Why is there such a huge difference? Because Jesus didn't have a pride problem. Jesus didn't struggle with pride like you and I do. We've got to admit, we have a pride problem. Proverbs 13.10, Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. If we didn't have a pride problem, if we were humble like we were supposed to, if somebody said, you know what, hey, I heard, I heard Brother Lonnie, he, he said this cuss word. You know, he said whatever word. And maybe it wasn't true. I didn't say that, but I have said other ones. Yeah. But most people, I never said that. I said this other word. You know, I don't want to put any words in your heads. But yeah, you know, we that that's the way you respond. It's a pride problem. And most of what goes on in churches today that tears churches apart, it's not so much the gossip, all right, the horrible word of gossip. But gossip is pretty much it's just idle words. And it's bad. People are going to give an account of those idle words. But if we would take it for what it is and understand that we have been guilty of that plenty of times, maybe we wouldn't react when somebody does say something negative about us. Maybe we would be able to respond in a Christ-like manner and not end up making things ten times worse. And so with that, I want us to all go ahead and stand together. That's about my eyes closed. That, I believe that's what the best way to handle being gossiped about. You've you got to get over that pride.